that I am this out of sorts today. I don't know why. Maybe 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 they took a lot of me yesterday. But Glory Jones is an activist, political commentator, and advocate out of California, and she is with the MCSC Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holla at your boy. Um, and she is also part of the show Slow News Day. Miss Glory. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. That's so good. Good to see you. Uh, and so i just like to say hello to everybody in the chat. We are a very interactive program. Terry Connolly, good to see you. Uh, also good to see Lucky Burrito. Good to see good, you. Lucky. Lucky Burrito, she got the queso. Okay. And Gary says, he gives a quote from RFK. Each time someone stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, they send forth a tiny ripple of hope. Thank you so much for that. That is actually a very beautiful quote, by the way. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, the people who watch me, don't you just love them? All right, so I just wanted to start off with my first question. Um, so you're a political commentator and activist. Can you give us a brief summary and how you got into that and what inspired you to move into the independent media space? Um, how I got <clears throat> how I got into activism really um, I was I was well I'm a, I still am uh, but I was always a massive history nerd and nerd in general but history nerd especially um, and so foreign policy and the interactions of like you know different cultures different ethnicities was something that always fascinated me and it's what led me to to have like kind of an innate interest in foreign policy and international relations. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started following politics from that, from that aspect. And then because of that, I also got more interested in the environment, being a massive marine science nerd as well. Mm -hmm. And um, also I got, I started to um, do a bit of activism surrounding like elections but like not not like electoral politics but like elections specifically because i'm from broward county florida specifically florida's 23rd district which is probably one of the worst places to vote if you want your vote to count so um i did some activism surrounding that um i remember i was doing like you know text banking and phone banking to mm-hmm. help get Amendment 4 passed in Florida in 2018, I believe that was. Um, wow, that's a while ago now. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then from there, I just, got, I just started getting more and more involved in politics, specifically once I got into college. Um, I got very involved in uh, the Tulsi Gabbard campaign. I was volunteering for that particularly because um, she spoke of so many issues that, you know, I, that I just naturally advocated for as a part of volunteering for the campaign. 
specifically when it came to, you know, foreign policy being anti-imperialist, um, you know, uh, trying to resurrect <laughs> or, I guess, save the environment, um, trying to guard that. And also a big one for me is uh, freedom for Julian Assange. So, you know, in being in having sort of like a channel to be able to advocate for those causes, once you dropped out, it was like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, keep going with this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this is like 2020, so I only got more and more involved in, you know, in all these various causes that I was passionate about. And um, <clears throat> fast forward to... I believe it was September or October of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, I I had already gone on like a couple shows, maybe you know three or four times. I had gone on Nico's show. I had gone on uh, Nico with the MCSC. I had gone on Frank Analysis, and I'd gone and I'd been on uh, a couple of Combo Couch interviews. Um, but I wasn't actually like in indie media really. I was just someone who watched it a lot, and I was like mod for a couple of channels. So, you know, fast forward September of 2020, and um, I'm a mod for Slow News Day. And Steve Poikinen, he goes, oh, I want to do a panel with all my chat mods. So I just so happened to come on his show when he was inviting on mods. And, you know, we had, it was like an amazing show, amazing uh, mod panel that we had on Slow News Day. And, uh, you know, fast forward like an hour after the stream ends, and I get a DM from Steve that says, hey, how would you feel about co-hosting with me a couple of times a month? And I'm like, sure, I'm down. And um, from there, I got, I got involved in Slow News Day. Um, mm -hmm. I've been a co-host on there for over a year now. Um, what is it, like a year and a half now, probably? Nice. And, nice. uh, yeah, ha like, having a genuinely awesome time over there. I, I, I love that show. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a fucking kick-ass show. Y'all should just check it out. Um, and, um, you know, after being in Slow News Day, I, I started going on even more shows. Uh, shout out Lucky Burrito in the chat, because I've been on her show. Um, and, you know, I've started, like, you know, getting on to more and more shows. And then uh, Slow News Day would be uh would be, then become a part of mcsc network which is just awesome they're mm -hmm. all fam shout out everyone in mcsc network every row and kill it and then i think throughout that um i've just i've just kind of like maintained my activism through all of that just because with me i really see an outlet as really an out, another outlet for my activism at the end of the day so um yeah that's kind of a summary of that <laughs> that's pretty cool you know how you you started out um as someone who was deeply you know engrossed in history you know, and I know you heard this phrase many times before, but people, you know, but the old adage goes that those who history, who study history, don't don't study history are doomed to repeat it. 
and I absolutely believe that. I mean, you're seeing it right now, like in full force with um, Ukraine and Russia. Mm-hmm. It's like because you have so many people acting like the Russian military operation into Ukraine happened in a complete vacuum with zero context whatsoever as to NATO's aggression in the area and the funding of neo-Nazis in Ukraine and the problem and the Nazi problem that Ukraine has because people are acting like the whole event happened in a vacuum regardless of that you know it's gonna happen again so (laughs) yeah and you know when you try to tell people about the history of things they have this denial because of the brainwashing aka propaganda that has you know engulfed our nation especially uh and it's by uh institutions that have been you know basically the standard bearers of information for time immemorial and people think that they are infallible or that they are completely trustworthy without um, any scrutiny, without do any scrutiny. And looking at, for instance, there was an episode in Rising a few months ago with um, Ryan Grimm and, and Emily Jasinski. Gosh, I'm terrible at pronouncing sometimes. But there was there was an episode with them where Ryan Grimm had to correct Emily Jasinski on the fact that the Soviets, aka the commies, were the ones that defeated the Nazis. And she was she was adamant that. Well, the United States were the ones that beat him. And it's like... In a fight of a hundred punches, the United States got three punches in. Out of a hundred. Yeah. The other 97 yeah. were the Nazis. I'm sorry, were, were the... Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> were the Soviets. Were the Soviets. Were the commies. They were the ones that got the 97 punches in. And so... It, when you tell people this, they're like... But no, but communism is bad. It's like, who told you that it was bad? And in what way did they say that it was bad? And so when people do not study history, which I'm trying to do more of so that I don't repeat things, you are, yes, doomed to repeat it because you have the same motivations of people from back then that are today that are trying to control the world, a nation, a people. And so therefore, really, there's nothing really new under the sun that they haven't done before. It's just they're doing it differently with technology. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you see the same thing happening in a sense with something like colonization which, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a lot of neocolonialism that existed throughout the late 20th century, even Mm -hmm. when people did, even though people didn't see the very real invasions and boots on the ground that happened in countries around the global south. Mm -hmm. But now what's happening with colonization is you're seeing a lot of it happen um, digitally, 
and mm-hmm. that's something that we've been covering a lot on a slow news day with the fourth industrial with the fourth industrial revolution yeah. is the digital colonization of a lot of countries in the global south with something like facebook i mean like anybody who has family outside of the west or maybe or, or outside of like maybe prominent states in the east um you know that the only way to contact like 98 percent of your family is through whatsapp or through facebook i mean like for instance i had to i had to download whatsapp just for my birthday because that was the only way that like that all my that almost all my family on my dad's side which is jamaican <laughs> would reach me effectively so stuff like that and then it escalates into plans like the two africa initiative which seeks to encircle most of the middle east and the entire continent of africa with a giant subsea cable uh you know as a means to bridge the digital gap uh there's going to be a lot of rhetoric there's going to be a lot of rhetoric concerning bridging the the digital app despite the fact that a lot of the african continent is still dealing with problems of war and imperialism and exploitation by mm-hmm. mining or smuggling or other things such as that but um yeah we're going to see uh, going into the future we're going to see a lot of you know obviously the traditional uh, mechanisms of imperialism and colonialism are still going to play out yeah but now we're going to see them in a digital realm so yeah yeah, just like the uh, the article that came out from Reuters, it talked about how um, you can save extremely dangerous things online in regards to Russia. They're actually allowing hate speech for Russians. Um, and it's sad because it's when you start to compromise your values and things like this then you're willing to compromise your values for other people too. If they are willing to allow this for Russians, then who's to say that they won't start allowing this for other people? This is a slippery slope, you know, and it's just like, you know, look at all the businesses that supported Nazi Germany. You know, there's a bunch of them, you know, there's, you know, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Um, Mercedes Benz. Mercedes. Um, there was uh, Porsche. Um, General Motors. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, Henry Ford was a huge fan of uh, of Adolf Hitler. So, you know, and so it's just we're at a point right now where we're seeing things go back to the way it was almost 100 years ago. Uh, who said it? Uh, oh, wait, is it, was it him? No, no. Someone said, and, and please, you know, anybody in the chat or you, Glory, please uh, let me know who said it. They said that history doesn't always repeat itself, but it does rhyme. It rhymes. I know the quote, but I don't know who said it. <laughs> okay. But, but it rhymes a lot. And when you see this, you're going to see businesses and companies that are going to side essentially with fascism. And 
these companies a lot of times they're headed by one or person and just a bunch of um, uh, shareholders because it's all about capitalism and money and they they just do not give a regard for human life <clears throat> excuse me unless it is tied to capital unless it's tied to money and so in watching the way the world is shifting I feel like a lot of us are now looking back to the people who actually made change and we're like, okay, they're doing this old bullshit again, so how do we combat that? We have to look back to the people who combated them in the first place and won. So we're going to have to look at, you know, the communist parties of back then. We're going to have to look at the socialist parties of back then. We're going to have to look at the revolutionaries and what they did because really nothing has changed the strategy is still the same so therefore whatever worked for them in the past has to work for us here in the future yeah and i mean and i mean to be to add to that i think as well you do need to also try you know continue to try new things because it's because like you said it rhymes but it's not exactly the same but also because in, in this day and age, there's so many mechanisms of co-option, and that's been exposed thoroughly with COINTELPRO, yeah. with the massive amount of research done into um, the nonprofit industrial complex. Um, you know, you have activism being being way too overrun by the white savior complex. And, you know, the white savior complex being something that is historical but manifests, but manifests itself today in activism, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think um, you, have to be, you have to be able to be wary of those. And I think that's the job of independent media is yeah. to really educate people on that and to really educate people on history as well. Because, you know, it's not it's also not just, you, you know, it even if you're not communist or socialist, it's not just communist or socialist parties which experience victories, which experience wins against an empire. You have examples going back into history, like um, like the maroon, like the maroons in Jamaica, for instance. I mean, like, ugh, oh, I did. Prime Minister Holness is a neoliberal shithead, and I don't like <laughs> at all uh, the neoliberal state and government of Jamaica right now, but even though they are facing um, encroachment onto their territories and threats from the government, maroon communities in Jamaica still exist to their day, to this day. And a lot, and the conditions within those maroon communities in Jamaica are, are quite preferable to a lot of other living situations around the Caribbean and that's because it dates back to how they were able to fight for their um, sovereignty against slave masters and maintain that to this day by staying, you know, within mountains, growing their own food, having their own communities and strongholds like that. So, um, you know, and obviously I'm half Jamaican, so I'm gonna, <laughs> so I'm gonna bring that up. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really think that's that that's something else that we can learn with. And there's also many, many examples throughout history of, um, of, you know, groups fighting for and, and, you know, winning their own sovereignty and then 
being able to maintain their own communities that way. And I think that there's not, and, and I think that there's that like an incredible knowledge and empowerment that can be had from learning something like that, and you know, taking those lessons from from people that came before this, from, uh, sorry, from people that came before this, and from people that essentially fought the same the same forces that we're fighting now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give us a glimpse? I, I know you talked about uh, you studying history and how you got into that. But the things that you studied, what hit you the hardest and was like, yeah, the conservatives, they just don't have it. The liberals, y'all definitely don't have it. I'm going left. What made you go, as Beyonce said, to the left, to the left? <laughs> Sorry, that was a corny joke. You know, yeah, if you guys yeah. want to cancel me for making a corny joke, it's okay. I understand. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, because there are a couple things that I can point out, mm-hmm. but um, I can't narrow it down to one single thing. But mm-hmm. I can definitely say what, like, what shaped me um, ideologically wise was... Um, was learning about, in particular, the history of the Caribbean, um, um, and not just not just Jamaica, but learning about the history of the Caribbean, um, going from going from the era. I, I don't know if I'm saying their name right. So I have to say their Spanish name. I apologize. The Taínos um, mm-hmm. and the Kalingo. Learning about them, and, mm-hmm. and then going into colonization and genocide with Columbus and then going forward into the slave rebellions and the maroons and then learning forward to continuing uh, mm-hmm. neocolonialism that exists today. I think that's definitely one of the things yeah. that shaped my viewpoint, especially because like, you know, that history is essentially what brought me here onto this planet. Yeah. Um, I think, and then two more big things I'd say were um, learning about uh, the history of the Congo um, because not enough people know what Leopold II did to that region. And, like, it's, it's really something to see people brush over uh, the crimes that happen in the Congo to this day because of the legacy left by Leopold II while going and comparing and go, while going and choosing to compare Putin to Hitler. Like, I'm sorry, there's anybody else in history who's going to compare to Hitler. It's got to be King Leopold II. Um, so that learning about that and just like the, the crimes, the utter crimes against humanity Mm-hmm. Uh, perpetrated by Leopold's reign. I think that's something that shaped me into being, um, you know, anti-colonialism, anti-imperialist, especially. And then I'd say another big thing with me was um, reading COINTELPRO documents mm-hmm. and uh, finding the memo where they say we can't let them have a black messiah. Uh, we can't let the black nationalists rise. We have to prevent that. We have to do all of that. And then there was another memo. I don't think it was COINTELPRO because it was actually from uh, the CIA direct, the then CIA director of operations, Richard Helms, I believe. 
where he said, uh, oh, we can surveil Malcolm X during his trip in Africa. You know, I'm hesitant to kill American citizens, but we'll explore options to neutralize him. And then uh, later on, via Malcolm X's own account, um, there is a story in which he got poisoned in a hotel in Cairo, and he recalls almost recognizing um, one of the people in Cairo as an agent that he saw in New York, I believe. So that that was one of the things that made that really um, radicalized me to be against uh, the surveillance state and come to this like grim realization, which um, kind of shapes my activism in that uh, we can't have any leaders. Um, they don't want us to have any leaders. They won't let us have any leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of shaped my views on decentralized activism and decentralized societies. And especially in thinking of not having any leaders, not having any martyrs, because I, I don't want any more martyrs. I mean, that's why a lot of my activism also centers around political prisoners, because don't want, again, don't want any martyrs. I don't want Julian Assange to become a martyr. I don't want Commander X to become a martyr. Don't want Rochelle McGee here in Los Angeles to become a martyr. Don't want Mumia to become a martyr. Don't want any other political prisoners to be martyred as a result of this system. So those are some things that that I studied that I can say had an impact on me. And honestly, there's way more too. But um, but yeah, those are the main things that first came to my mind. Yeah, that's. Um... One thing I, 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 I learned, particularly for me, is that when you begin to truly love humanity, that's when you become anti-colonialist. That's when you can become anti-imperialist. Because you recognize that just by chance, you could have been born in that same country and have gone through the same things that those people have gone through. And you would want someone to care someplace else that is not in that same position. And you cannot tell me when you see someone suffering that you just say, yeah, no, you know, it, it just has to be done. It's, it is what it is. Like, mm-hmm. no. You literally have to dehumanize people in your mind and heart in order for that to happen. Yeah. My question to people is, if I showed you a cute baby and you smile... Why do you smile? And then someone would say, well, the, the kid is cute. It's, you know. But what does that kid represent? That, kid re- that child represents all the possibilities, all the, the, the good things that can come you know, through uh, into the world. You know. And yet you can, you know, you can sit there and go, yeah, but it's okay that they were, ma- you know, massacred and killed because we had to get rid of insert dictator or dictatorial body that 
is, you know, only going up against the United States probably because, you know, they don't want someone to take over, you know, their land because, uh, you know, stripping them of their resources. Never mind that, you know, but, you know, so this is one of the reasons why I am a big proponent of recognizing the human value in everyone. Because if you recognize the human value in everyone, then war is a nightmare to you. And, yeah. And so I, I think I kind of came to the same conclusion as you, just from a different aspect. You went more of the historical academic aspect. And... I kind of came to it. I I also came through somewhat historically and academically too, but I also came through from an aspect of just thinking, you know, in those shoes, you know. And I think we all have to do like these and and kind of intersections, not just historically and academically, but also empathetically. And that's how we come to the conclusion that we've come to. I absolutely agree with that because I'm an because I'm an empath myself and my god <laughs> it mm-hmm. sucks sometimes because mm-hmm. uh, like I'll, I'll, you literally like drive yourself to tears thinking about it and it's like yeah. you know sometimes you get like sometimes I'm just like fuck's sake like let me take their place not so I can be a martyr but just so I can like alleviate their suffering like yeah. that's some that's sometimes what what I think just in being an empath and like I I don't know it's definitely something I see lacking unfortunately it's just basic empathy yeah yeah lucky burrito knows the struggle yeah you know it's interesting and and I I wanted to tell this story especially after what lucky burrito just said and what you just said and it kind of reminds me of when this was during the Trump administration. Was it during the Trump administration? Yeah, it was during the Trump administration. And you remember all the hoopla that was going on? You know, the liberals were in, 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 up in arms about the concentration camps at the border. Mm-hmm. And you had people crying about it. Rachel Maddow crying on camera for the first time. Uh, which, by the way, I honestly think was a show. And it, even if it wasn't, it just shows how deadened she is to the liberal, you know, President Biden. Anyways, they showed raw video. These weren't kids. These weren't women. These were grown men. And they were bawling, crying in tears. And they were saying, where is my baby? They were saying, we don't eat much. We can't because we're worried. We haven't showered in 40 days. I want to know where my baby is. Patriarchy is a fucked up thing. Because it makes us think that we men can't be nurturers and we can't care about it. We don't care about our kids as much as women. Mm-hmm. When in reality, we care just as much. 
Absolutely. And then they take that and then make it seem like, oh, well, these just are men and they don't care and they were just putting their kids in danger when really they were leaving and fleeing a dangerous situation to protect their children. And now they were separated from those same children that they were trying to protect. If you rip a child out of a father's arms or an uncle's arms or a grandfather's arms or their older siblings arms, you fuck them up. That's what you did. And now they are at a an emotionally traumatic position and they're like, where is my kid? They're ready to bust that plexiglass down. And the crazy part is I was literally tearing up and crying looking at these men. And yet, people went back to sleep as soon as Biden became president. It's like, where are the tears for those same people now? They don't exist. Because they were used as basically the, look at this little birdie over here, until then Biden comes in, and then they're like, what concentration camps? What, what, what people at the border? Oh, you mean the illegals? So when it comes to looking at humanity, you have to see yourself in them. If not, you become a sociopath. So I said all that to basically agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree, though. And I mean, it's like the same thing happening now with Ukraine. It's like, oh, so y'all go and have all these tears and all this fame and all this and, you know, all this empathy for for the Caucasians. But when when worse happens in Yemen and the Middle East and Africa and the Horn of Africa and South America and the Caribbean, it's just mm-hmm. crickets. Yeah. And and I don't think we're saying that you shouldn't have empathy for people who are in Ukraine. That's not what Absolutely, we're saying. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. What we're saying is keep that same energy for people who are in the countries that are nearer the, to the equator. Mm-hmm. Just keep, keep that it. same energy and don't let you know, this, the institutionalized propaganda determine, you know, when and for whom do you have empathy? Because, you know, obviously a lot of this is coming because the media is giving it so much attention as opposed to other issues. So response to that is don't let the media, especially one so corrupt, that's just, you know, propaganda Mm -hmm. as as is Western media, as is um, as is intelligent the intelligent the revolving door between intelligence and media yeah. and academia, as is all of that. Don't let that determine when you should have empathy for people. Yeah. There is no time limit for empathy. 
There is no limit for empathy. That's the way I see it. You know. Yeah. Um. So, what is some advice that you would give to people who want to venture into this space, particularly those of us who are black, brown, and even female? Because there's not enough of you in this space, I think. Um, I, I'd say that you can always that you can always just start kind of little by little. Um, you don't have to go, you know, go, go all into it. Um, you know, get like, get a full studio and, and then, you know, make sure that your podcast is promoted on Twitter, pay for some promotion on FedBook or like, you don't have to go all in at once, but you know, just do it little by little and then eventually you'll get there. Um, and then you are going to run into troubles, unfortunately. Um, you know, being black or brown or being a woman, um, yeah. you're, you're just going to be ignored. Um, you're going to be ignored. And then oftentimes, um, you know, it's funny because this was something that I didn't realize was a thing until mm. I got into Slow News Day and MCSC was, was you know, and you're gonna feel crazy for this, but there are going to be people that are going to if, that are gonna watch you. But they're gonna watch you so they can steal your ideas, and they're gonna inevitably, inevitably water them down. Yeah. And they're gonna give you no credit whatsoever for that. So they're gonna take all your for watered down ideas without actually uplifting the person saying the real shit and it's going to and it's gonna and like it drove i used to think i was crazy mm -hmm. when like i would see people that follow me without giving me any shout outs repeating some of the same shit i would say a day earlier but mm -hmm. with like so much watered down bullshit i used to, like i used to go crazy i used to be like like, no, this can't be happening. Like, really? Like, are they really doing that? Yeah. But then, you know, I meet Nico and Steve and Fee and Johnny, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're totally doing that 100%. They do, they do that yeah. to us all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, so I'm not crazy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, you're going. So, uh, yes, it's going to drive you crazy at times to mm -hmm. be either ignored or to be either vilified yeah. on, you know on in such an unfair fashion and it's going to it's going to drive you crazy to see white men who do the exact same thing that you who do one who do a quarter or a third of the exact same stuff that you do get uplifted way more yeah. and in a fashion that would be detrimental to spreading truth to actually helping a movement. Yeah. And yeah, it's gonna drive you crazy, but luckily we're here. We're here to tell you you're not crazy. I promise you, you're not alone in it, and we're gonna fucking punch our way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uncle JB is right behind you, people. Um, you know what? I know exactly how that feels because someone pretty prominent in the indie media space used a phrase that I used and I had put it up on Twitter 
And I never, I used to be subscribed to this person. I never heard them say this ever before in my life. I started using the phrase diet Republicans for Democrats. Next thing you know, this person is using it like a couple months down the line. Meaning that they probably saw my tweet and were like, oh, that's cool. And then they used it in theirs, but they never gave me credit for it. I had never heard from this person. This person never followed me or anything. So I know what you mean. And it's something small. It's, it's, it's not that significant. But when it comes to what you're saying, there's a lot of that goes on. And there's also some look. I'm a I'm a stand I'm a stand behind you know my friend Savvy. There's some blacklisting going on. There's some blacklisting going on, and there's some gatekeeping going on in this space. Absolutely. And there are people who consider themselves to be on the left, but yet there's not one bit of solidarity that goes on. And. For those of us who are in disenfranchised communities, there needs to be a coming together instead of a splitting apart. And treating this this space in a capitalistic way while trying to make yourself seem like you're anti-capitalist, your actions speak louder than your words. Mm. So people need to... Because once you get into this space, you start to realize some people can do some shady shit. And some of us will ask questions. Well, why haven't this person come on? Why haven't this person come on your program? Or why haven't that person? Or why haven't they had you on? And you just go. Because people treat it in a capitalistic way. There's no it's, it's like. Grease my palms and I'll grease yours rather than cooperation collaboration. I just wanted to throw that in there, you know, <laughs> as, a, as an exclamation point to what you just said. So, it, yeah, it's a, it happens a lot, unfortunately, in yeah. this space. Um, and, you know, there's, man, you know, I don't want to air, air anyone's business out, but, no, um, good. You know, Slow Newsday and MCSC have definitely been blacklisted by certain individuals Mm -hmm. that have um, quite heralded positions in this indie media space. And for the purpose of, you know, you know, you know, me being on someone else's show for the first time, I won't reveal who. But uh, Mm -hmm. if you know me and Steve, you can probably guess who, honestly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, come into this space, but also make sure that you hear from people. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the audience. Make sure that you talk to the people that are being disparaged and see where they're at from the horse's mouth instead of listening to other people because you'd be surprised what you find out. Because I am really glad that I actually had Nico on my show now. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, and, and, like, and like, we're here. It's going to drive you crazy, but just know that you're not alone. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to the detriment, <laughs> to my own detriment sometimes, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I do receive 
um, you know, the occasional insults, racism, and threats from script kiddies that aren't going to do shit. Um, I do keep my DMs open, so, um, you know, if you ever need to reach out, then I might get to it, then I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, you're not alone, I yeah. promise. Yeah. Um, so, what is one of the biggest learning curves you had to uh, learn when coming becoming a content creator? question to answer because I feel like doing journalism uh, naturally kind of flowed into my activism so there there I wouldn't say there's many things that I had to learn especially being on such a good program like slow news day where uh, we're where we're already activists where journalism is just already a part of our activism and we use journalism as an outlet for that um so maybe (laughs) miss glory are you trying to tell me you woke up like this are you trying to say that just some of us just have it we're just born with it i'm sorry jb but you just have to learn I'm a natural. You had to learn school the hard knocks. I'm sorry, but um, I'm just... <laughs> you know what it is. I, you know what it is. Not only has like public speaking always kind of come easy to me, mm-hmm. um, but but again, I'm gonna big up my show. You know, the show I'm on again. Uh, slow news day mm-hmm. like it, it you know it's, it's, it's not a super strict program like it's not something where where I have to hold back or anything or where I have to worry about mm-hmm. not cussing or where I have to worry about you know not being so awkward and <laughs> yeah and you know giving the most like awkward intros and outros like it's not one of those uptight programs where where you have to have a stick up your ass for everything. Like it was yeah. like part of the reason why it was genuinely easy for me is because Slow News Day is a great program. But yes, also to some degree, um, <laughs> I, I am decent at public speaking. It's nature, baby, not nurture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nature, baby, nature. Keep it natural. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. No, I'm not. All right, so <laughs> I'm so stupid. Why do y'all come here and watch my? Why do y'all? Why do these yeah. people come in? Why? Why are you well, in the listen, chat right now? Listen, when you get into this space, be yourself. And if someone's like making you suppress that, then fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like uh, Mr. Wolf Blitzer with his weirdly flesh-colored beard. Like, pff, come on, man. You know, smile. Um. Okay, so. Uh, Hypothetical question. You are Madam President Jones, and it is January 20th, your inauguration day. What are the first three actions you're taking as president within your first 100 days? I know, I know. <laughs> um, okay. 
okay, how do I say this the right way? Um, I'm abolishing the entire prison system. I'm um, abolishing the CIA and all intelligence agencies. And I am, um, huh. And then I am, how do, how do I say this the right way? Because I'm working on getting reparations to the, to the entire global south, mm-hmm. but the, the rest of the western countries got to be involved in that. So I got to figure out a way to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then I'll just go ahead and abolish the rest of the United States of America too. Okay. All right. Land back here, people. That's what it's all about. Yeah. 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 What's something that you're going to double down on this year? Because everybody talks about, oh, I want to change this. I'm like, no. What are you keeping and you're solidifying and you're like, I'm going to double down on this. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I de- because I I'd honestly say that about like every part of my activism. Like mm-hmm. I I just like to go even more into it. I definitely love to um to double down on my environmental activism because something that's going to happen soon, mm-hmm. um which doesn't get enough coverage at all, but yeah. it's going to happen soon with the increase in demand for electric vehicles and electric vehicle batteries mm-hmm. and like 5G communications infrastructure or mm-hmm. data centers and such and such. Mm-hmm. Is there's going to be a higher demand for uh, rare earth minerals mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot of that is either going to come from mining around the global south or it's going to happen it's going to come from mining the bottom of the ocean and there's and there's um and there's a whole process that's actually being carried out now to try and establish an effective mining code Mm -hmm. um they've already given out exploration contracts to tons of countries and companies Mm -hmm. and soon um the international seabed authority is going to give out um, exploitation contracts, which is for mining. So mm-hmm. something that I'd love to double down on is like my environmental activism in general, but also um, I, I tend to go hard on trying to uh, raise awareness of the seabed mining that's to come. Mm-hmm. I'd love to turn that into like more activism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to double down on activism for Julian Assange, mm-hmm. um, if fuck's sake, <laughs> if he comes to America, mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything, but like, y'all motherfuckers won't sleep, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there's that, I'd, you know, definitely doubling down on anti-war activism, anti-imperialist activism, doubling down on the media sphere, you know, being able to educate more people on what's happening, and, and yeah, um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, I'd say doubling down on nearly like every aspect of my activism, honestly. Mm-hmm. Cause you were born like that. <laughs> See how I brought that back around? <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's activism. Um, oh God. so I know I'm, look, I'm getting all the corny jokes that I can out today because they won't let me do it at RBN. 
They're too cool for it. Oh, no, it's okay. I'm corny joke friendly. So, <laughs> like, one, one of my friends, um, shout out Shadow Band Refugee, he's an electrician, and he tells horrible dad jokes all the time. <laughs> oh, there's some good dad jokes, too. I think Noli D's really into dad jokes, too, because uh, we talked about it. Um, so, shout out to Noli D in the chat, too. Um, gosh, there's some good... This is a great conversation. Um... Okay. Fun questions. What is one food that you can't live without? <laughs> oh, she's like, oh no. Why'd you put me in this position, JV? <laughs> okay. I'm going to narrow it down to a culture at least. I'm going to narrow it down to Jamaican food. I am going to say that I can't live without... <laughs> this hurts so much. <laughs> I, fuck's sake. <laughs> um, I can't live without. I can't live without Aki and Saltfish. I'm gonna say that. A what? National Aki and Saltfish. It's the national dish of Jamaica. Oh. Um. It's it's salted cod with mixed with um, ackies, which is like this fruit, um, and I don't know how to describe it, but it's really buttery and it's got the consistency of like a really soft egg. Oh. And then you mix it in with like tomatoes and peppers and thyme and some really good seasoning and and you know onions too, and then you serve it with some like plantain and festival and yellow yam and ah so good i can't live without it (laughs) she came in with something that i've never heard before (laughs) hmm might have to try this oh by the way i had hummus for the first time over the weekend really yeah i was like (laughs) okay so i was with a friend and he put out you know the jar of hummus and i'm like You know, because I'm like, no collard greens, no mashed potatoes, you know, no ham hocks, you know what I'm saying? He brought out the hummus with the nan chips. I'm like, do I look like a yuppie? And then he was like, just try it. So I took a nan chip, took it. At first it was cold. I'm like, mmm. But then I'm like, mmm. And then my taste buds said, hey, do that again. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that again. So I went in. My taste buds said, hey, I like that. Good and I said, me too, really I agree. Good. And so then I took another one and another one and a- another one. Oh my goodness! I was like, "Is this is this what kids have been doing? It's amazing!" Like, I'm like, "I need to try more stuff. I gotta try." So now, whatever you whatever you just said, I don't know. It sounds like some good shit. Whatever you said, I want to try that too. I need to get out to California. I gotta get out there. 
You actually might be better off finding uh, Jamaican food in Florida. I gotta try it. I I just gotta try it. JB broke yeah. though for right now. I so. recommend Jamaican food for everyone. It's the best food. Um, we call it yard food because most of the ingredients come from your yard. Um, and it's amazing and it's good for you. And it's the reason why we have the best track and field runners. Usain Bolt, Jamaican, you know, eats ackee and saltfish for breakfast. And yeah. Okay. Well, I just got educated. Thank you. <laughs> this is, this is going to be good. Ooh, my mom may like it too. Cause my mom took a trip to Jamaica years and years and years ago. She probably already knows about it, knowing her. She knows a lot of stuff. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite curse word? Cunt. <laughs> Even I don't say that one. <gasps> The opinions of the JV Font channel are not the opinions of those of Glory Jones. <laughs> Woo, she came in with the spice. I'm like, oh, Lord. That one I, that one I have to think about that much. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Bradley said Brits and Aussies love that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Miguel, don't you get, I'm not reading that. You're not going to get me in trouble. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. <laughs> but that's funny. Um, okay, so, serious question. Let me make sure this, hang on. What is your let me let me rephrase it. You've lived a long life. You're on oh, your deathbed. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. this is a hypothetical. No, you live okay. a long life, child. You live a long one. <laughs> Starting to sound like some some really, really old person. Anyways. And you're reflecting on your life. What is the one thought that you want people to remember about you? Ah, oh, shit. Um, what? What? Um, I, I just want people. Let's see, how do I, I don't want to say, I don't want to, like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, okay, if people are going to remember anything about me, uh, then please, um, remember that I'm a nerd, um, but, like, but, like, at the core of that, but at the core of that, like, remember, um, I guess remember, like, how important knowledge is, 
mm-hmm. and how important the truth is mm-hmm. and how learning more information and learning more truths can contribute to, you know, more freedom and eventual total liberation for us. Mm-hmm. So I get, so like, yes, like, yeah, I want people to remember, like, you know, just how much of a fucking nerd I am, but use that to mm-hmm. really know how much learning and how much knowledge and how much truth means. That's what I'll say. God that's, damn it. That's actually beautiful. No, 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 that's actually very beautiful. Um, the, 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 the phrase that says knowledge is power is very telling because if you think back to a lot of us with our ancestors, that was held back from us because they knew that they knew it was power, right? We were kept from learning how to read and write. My fifth great grandfather was a slave. He died knowing how to read and write. Which means he didn't know how in the beginning of his life. Probably up until his adulthood, mid-adulthood, didn't know how to read and write. And so for us, that is such a huge thing. Because with that knowledge, we were able to be liberated. With that knowledge, we were able to liberate ourselves further with things like you know, the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, because we were able to look at these things and go, okay, so this is how they're doing it, and this is how we need to move. At the beginning of this year, I had a guest on RBN, and his name was consciously Professor George Lee, and his phrase that he always says, and I, I love it, he says, education is elevation. How in the world do we elevate other people around us and ourselves at the same time? You educate them. You show them the way so that when other people start to falter, you can show them the way as well. And then it lifts everybody. And I think this is one of the reasons why, you know, you have your show on MCSC. The reason why I do what I do. The reason why many people who are in the chat who are also in this space do what they do. The reason why a lot of you who are watching today, who are typically anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist and things like that. You guys constantly are talking to family members and friends and people you meet at the shopping, at the stores and at the malls and whatever. Because you want to help elevate people. And I honestly think that's an admirable thing. And I just want to thank you for for doing that. Because people have been lost in the dark and left out in the lurch for far too long. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, thank you so much for being on here. And you were talking about Commander X. Um, yes. Is a political prisoner here in the United States. 
so Commander X is a former um, hacktivist, um, and currently he's in Santa Rita Jail, which is in Northern California, mm -hmm. uh, Dublin, California to be specific, but Northern California. And uh, he's currently being jailed because um, he's facing charges that are ten are basically a decade old. And the reason why he got those charges is because he helped organize DDoS attacks against the governments of Santa Cruz, against the municipalities of Santa Cruz and the city of Orlando for their treatment of homeless people and for their treatment of food not bombs, which does nothing but feed people and occasionally spread uh, anarchist literature. So um, he he faces so he faces that so he faces ten year old charges relating to those. Um, and March 29th, which is exactly two weeks from now, he faces another hearing in his case. Um, where essentially what will probably happen is they'll negotiate a plea deal and that's when um, we're going to try our best to uh, begin mitigation and ensure that he gets a sentence which lets him get out as soon as possible, which, you know, hopefully, um, which hopefully lets him be out by this summer um, at the latest because uh, where he is now is he's pushing 60 and he's not in the best health um, and and jail is just shit for anyone it is and yeah so um, he's already been sick a couple times in jail and Santa Rita jail sucks um, as do all jails but Santa Rita jail sucks and uh, yeah in his header, those are his two uh, dogs, his baby boys, and he loves them with all his heart. Mm -hmm. uh, those are his two children, and uh, yeah, if you want any updates on the case, um, that account is his account, so obviously it hasn't been tweeted anything, but if you go to at FreeCommanderX underscore mm -hmm. on Twitter, um, then you'll be able to find any updates on the case as well as, um, as well as informations, as well as informations for how you can write to him or, uh, like I said, send letters to him, uh, send letters to his commissary if you want, or, um, or, you know, maybe get in touch with his sister or get in touch with, uh, one of us if you want to write about him or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, March 29th is when his hearing is, and uh, that starts at 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So if you're in the area and are interested in showing support for Commander X, uh, we'll be doing a protest um, outside the San Jose District Courthouse, which is where the hearing is scheduled to take place. And that is, um, is going to happen at 8.30 Tuesday morning, March 29th, outside the San Jose District Courthouse. So, yeah. Great. Um, I posted the link to his fundraiser in the chat as well for Commander X. Um, so that, you know, um, we can help, you know, uh, this whistleblower. Um, and now you mentioned Orlando. You mean Orlando, Florida? Yeah. 
Yeah, he's actually not a whistleblower. He's an activist, mm -hmm. but, you know, still a political prisoner nonetheless. Political prisoner. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, he was active in Orlando as well. Okay. All right. So that's where I live in Orlando, Florida. So, yes. Um, you know, if anybody who's watching, you know, if you're feeling a little bit generous, uh, if you have it, um, then you can also go over to here and contribute to his um, fundraiser. And you know what? Even if you can't contribute, if you can share on your social media or if you can share, um, you know, between family members and you know, especially people who are advocates of political prisoners that may not know about Commander X, then that would be good to do, too, as well, because, yeah. And, yes, uh, Noli D says, uh, one of many free Eric Brandt. Yes. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Um, this is thank you so much for bringing this up by the way because mm -hmm. this is very important and you know we have to protect our activists because they're putting themselves on the front line um to liberate really so i appreciate that um now Where can they find you? Also, anything, final words that you wanted to say? Any shouts out that you want to give? You know, uh, I, I yeah, leave I'll the floor to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, shout out everyone in the chat. Uh, Y'all are awesome. Bill, Noli, Lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's who I can see in my site. Uh, Shout out, shout out everyone else who's always uh, chatting and following me around. Uh, Propaganda Live, Spicy ICU, uh, Charlie Jackson, Shadowband Refugee. Uh, fuck, I'm going to forget more people, I apologize. But uh, Chatters, y'all are awesome. Y'all know who you are. Uh, shout out Ethan, too. Don't want to forget Ethan. Mr. Wilson, of course. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> and then also shout out. Uh, my Slow News Day Spook Gang crew, uh, Steve Poikin and our Base God, Tech God, Tech Ninja, Sleepy Josh. Um, and also shout out my fellow MCSC fam, uh, Fee Pasta over at the Combo Couch, Johnny over at True Rebel Network, uh, Misty and Jesse over at Facts on the Ground, Robbie Yeager, a.k.a. Robbie Receipts, um, <clears throat> uh, Marcellus Wright doing Black Sheep Theory, uh, and uh, I guess Nico House. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, shout out all, shout out all y'all. Um, and then of course, um, I ha I also do a show with Comrade Misty called Free the Truth. Oh my God, fuck Frank Analysis. Thanks for reminding me, Lucky. Shout out Frank Analysis and shout out Political Matrix Bam too. Marcus, uh, Sai. E and L. I'm gonna stop now before I forget anyone else. <laughs> this, uh, but yes, I do a show with Comrade Misty called Free the Truth, where uh, we talk about whistleblowers, political prisoners, and and persecuted journalists and activists, uh, censorship as well, and just anything pertaining to what you think a show called Free the Truth would talk about. Um, 
we'll let you know uh, what time for what what's the new time we're doing because obviously Misty is doing her uh, TNT radio show now, so we're gonna have to reschedule that. But we will let you know. Um, uh, you can look out for me on Twitter or Misty at Sarcasm Stardust. Y'all probably already follow her since she's all Twitter famous and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> but I, you can follow me on Twitter too if you search for Gloria Jones. I come up with the hashtag Free Assange next to it. And then, of course, I'm on Slow News Day 2. Um, we're going to be, there's going to be a break from the morning show this week because Steve and Pasta are moving to Vegas to get a nice little studio for the morning show, which is going to be extended to three hours. Um, and that airs 7 to 10 a.m. Pacific time. But we also have our Sunday shows, which air 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. East Coast time. Those are always fun. And um, other than that, I also have a Hive blog. It's at Zero Eclipse with twoies at the end of it. There's some pieces up on there. I haven't written on there in a while just because I'm already writing so much for school. So, um, but there are pieces up on there if you want to check that out. It's, uh, the link to it is on my Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's everything I can think of to plug. If I forgot anything, then I profusely apologize. <laughs> Yo, you were reading off names like you were a rapper at the Source Awards. I'm telling you. <laughs> you were like, yo, I want to give a shout out to my my homie this and, and this. And, and, and man, man, I see you over there. <laughs> I love it. It was so fun. That, that was fun. Because- because I used to, because like, you know, I am and always was a woman of the chat. So like, you know, these people are all my fans. So like, I love giving, giving shout outs. Yeah. And I always feel bad when I forget someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not going to show it here. But I saw you in that basketball uniform in school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did play basketball. <laughs> Yo, she bowling. <laughs> That is so cool. The many different faces of Glory Jones. It's so good to have you here. So good to, uh, you know, um, to have you, you know, in the space to, you know, rub shoulders with you, you know, and, you know, okay, I know I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like a goofy old man, but you kind of remind me of my niece, so... You know, you do, you do. You kind of remind me of my niece. And so that's one of the reasons why I was just like, all right, I'm going to share this link with her because I want her to take note. Like, this is Glory. Do you want to do what she does? <laughs> so. But yeah, um, I just appreciate you coming on the show. And. Uh, in spreading your wisdom with those of us here, uh, I want to just let everybody know that in the chat, you know, please make sure to follow Gloria and watch her on Slow News Day. And, um, you know, don't just, just, you can subscribe to her without unsubscribing from me. Just, just, just let you know that. All right. Don't 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 unsubscribe for me. Um, <laughs> you can have us both. You can you you can have it both ways. You can. It, it's just like hard taco and soft taco. You know what I mean? 
I can be the soft taco, you know, and Glory can be the, cr the crunchy one. Because we all like crunchy. Well, at least I like crunchy tacos. I like steak ones, too. And chicken. Carne asada is good. But I... With lots of tomato. Yeah, with lots of tomato. Anyway, I'm getting hungry here. Once again, if you like my content, if you like the wish to support me further, you can buy me a coffee on coffee, or you can subscribe to my Patreon. And it's all linked in the description down below. See, I did all the work for you. All you got to do is just go down there and you guys, if, if you're feeling a little generous. Uh, and by the way, make sure to water your plants, including your marijuana plants, because I know some of you guys got some. And <laughs> make sure to uh, water yourselves by drinking plenty of water. Uh, and, oh, leave the world better than you found it. What else am I forgetting? Am I forgetting something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Yay, yay.